Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education, presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. Episode 21, The Skills Builder Partnership with Beth and Jeffers. Welcome back everyone to Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. We have another episode and another guest for you. And today's guest is uh, an alumna of a programme that I used to teach on um, that unfortunately no longer exists in Wales. If only we could have it back. It was the Teach First Cymru programme, a PGDE programme, two-year route into teaching. But our lovely guest has actually moved on to Pastures New uh, and will be here to talk to us about uh, where she's working. Now, so I ought to introduce her. Her name is Beth Ann Jeffers. She is Education Associate for the Skills Builder Partnership. Beth Ann, how are you? Hi, Emma. Hi, Tom. I'm really good, thanks. Um, Yeah, just really excited. Thank you for inviting me to come on today. It's our pleasure. And I suppose, first and foremost, um, you ought to tell us a little bit about uh, the Skills Builder organisation, how it came to be, um, why it came to be. Can you give us a bit of a potted history? Yeah, definitely. so Skills Builder Partnership then, um, we are all focused around whoever we work with. We talk about essential skills and we'll kind of dive into that, really what I mean by essential skills is going to be, I think, a big part of the conversation today. Um, but really it was set up in 2009. The CEO of our non-for-profit organisation, um, Tom Ravenscroft, was also actually a past teacherist teacher. Um, and during his two years in Hackney in South London, I suppose he had a feeling that I think lots of us are really familiar with around feeling like his students maybe weren't quite ready, prepared for the next steps, um, felt a bit like everything was a bit too exams focused and we were kind of really missing the point really, kind of felt like something was missing and kind of over the years then has developed that it was it was these essential skills that were missing from the kind of his classroom I suppose. Um, and there was kind of some more noise at the time as well, coming from employers as well, like the Confederation of British Industry, calling out for uh, kind of new recruits to have these skills. They were worried that uh, kind of school leavers didn't have high enough kind of competency in these skills. And also there was kind of a lot of noise around what do we call these skills and what do we mean by skills? I think there's uh, a lot around there. If you say the word skills, that's so broad. And there are lots of names for these same types of skills that I'm going to talk about today. Maybe employability skills, life skills, soft skills, 21st century skills might have been something you've heard before. Um, so really the kind of aim of what we're here to do is to, that one day everyone will build these essential skills to succeed and to do that through having this common approach and this really consistent language um, to break down what these essential skills are. Is that Tom Ravenscroft as in son of X radio one DJ, the late John Peel? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, was <gonna> say, <laughs> I mean, he's hidden that from us, if so. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. that was his real surname. And, Pretty sure that might be said. Oh well, never mind. Carry on. Well, I, I do have a question here, and um, maybe a little bit controversial, but I'm I'm not going to sort of throw you off course here with this, Bethan. But um, skills they become a bit of a dirty word, haven't they, in the old <laughs> education world? Um, so you know, it's refreshing actually to hear about the need um, for a focus on skills. But as we know, you know, knowledge has uh, has been sort of raised up as as the piece de resistance within the world of. Of, of education and every step of the way we're asked um, are we evidence informed what powerful knowledge are we including in our curriculums but we're talking about skills today so tell us about 
the evidence base for this framework and the essential skills that it features and you know what sort of reception have you had in in those domains where you know knowledge is 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 all important yeah definitely i think it's uh, maybe important just to mention first of all that it's not instead of knowledge um this is definitely something included as well i mean i think it'd be really important to touch a bit on like the curriculum for Wales and this idea that you know knowledge skills and experiences all come together as as that broader experience as well but in kind of terms of yeah so those kind of well over 10 years ago now when this all kind of started to come to together there's kind of two parts to it I suppose and how we built up how do we decide these skills why these ones why are we calling them this how do we define them um and the other part then I suppose is the research around around those skills and kind of the importance that they have so the framework itself then so I'm going to mention a lot today probably quite ad hoc and I'm used to saying it so stop me if I do it's the universal framework that I'm going to talk about today um you've got a website and see it in full um it's kind of really informative but this framework is what we've developed then we've said there's something missing in terms of these skills in the classroom well we need a consistent approach around this and so we've worked with we call it our essential skills task force of 60 plus different individuals and organizations uh, to name a few like the careers and enterprise company the ey foundation um, the confederation of british industry business in the community i could go on but all to really evaluate and kind of test the rigor of this framework as well then and something that was really key and thought about first of all was that to have a framework about skills it needs to have clarity so we need to be really explicit about these skills what skills are we on about and the language needs to be really clear for all sorts of different people to be able to use it as well everyone different age ranges whatever background you're from too also measurement is really important uh, we wanted to make sure there was kind of key steps of progression within it as well so that it could be used to inform people kind of going forward to help build on these skills as well as just know where they are in terms of them um, and also it needs to have authority so it needs to have that buy-in from kind of a range of people so that we can have that consistency in the approach it makes it much easier for you to be able to talk about these skills if everyone talks about them in the same way basically and to kind of start this out then there are lots of like we've said different ways about calling these skills and there are lots of different frameworks out there already but what we really try to do with work with that workforce to see well what do employers want what do educators think is important as well in the classroom and kind of really come together on that approach um, and the UK Commission for Employability and Skills um, they'd kind of set out many different areas of really important skills but we kind of took out the basic skills like here in Wales we've already got our frameworks for literacy, numeracy and digital competency and then we also took out the more specific skills um, we often refer to these as like technical skills the ones that you need for say a certain job role or a certain task um, that aren't going to be so useful I mean for example being safe in the workplace looks really different in an operating theatre to a construction site and then yeah so that's kind of led us to kind of whittle down then and we landed on these eight skills so let's finally get into them shall we so it's uh, listening and speaking problem solving and creativity staying positive and aiming high and leadership and teamwork and there are lots of research out there about those as well so and by the way, Tom Ravenscroft, uh, DJ on BBC Six Music, is not the same Tom Ravenscroft as your CEO. But is it interesting they share the same name? Wouldn't it have been interesting if they were, in fact, the same guy? But leaving that aside... <laughs> 
You showed some problem solving there, Tom. You I did. Her. I did. I think I've probably uh, hit a bit of skills build, build a framework there. I'm kind of curious, really, in a way. I can see how this would be really, really useful for people throughout their lives you know like you say we hear an awful lot from from industry about you know schools not preparing kids for the world of work and all that kind of thing but I'm curious to know how do you avoid treading on the toes if you are looking at the school kind of age how do you avoid treading on the toes of the existing kind of statutory curriculum or or don't you care if you tread on their toes (laughs) I think the brilliant thing about this and from experience of working with schools in the past year with skill to build a partnership is that a large part of our work is about highlighting what's already there. Um, I think as teachers, we are so glad to hear that sometimes when there's something new that isn't something additional I need to include in my planning, um, something new for me to think about. Every practitioner out there is creating opportunities to practice these skills every day. Um, The thing that is missing in a lot of schools that really highlights that for the pupils is that consistent language um, and approach around them. And that is what, enables a young person to be able to talk about their experiences um, and say well this is a time where I use teamwork really well or this is what I need to do to work on it for my next steps and then therefore have confidence in their ability and these skills they can go forward into the next steps as well knowing that they can apply them into these new different situations as we all do we move through life and we change jobs a lot more often now as well that's kind of becoming more normal isn't it not to stay in the same job and to be able to take these transferable skills and then you know the knowledge about the skills really with them as well and how far will they take you because i noticed that you work with a lot of businesses a lot of organizations you know is the goal that the, this framework will follow you um into employment yeah definitely so um i've actually started working with employers more and more recently um I've worked with many kind of over the past 10 plus years but starting to work with them a little bit more and them actually using the framework further themselves as well now um so there's different ways that we work with them uh, we work with them through outreach so a lot of big businesses will be thinking about how they are having a kind of positive social impact and so they might run outreach programs or design different kind of resources for schools and so we are helping them to embed the framework throughout that we're also uh, working with them in terms of their recruitment processes. So it's our ultimate aim here, really, that you know it's going to be that consistent approach for someone throughout their life. And then when they get to that recruitment process, it will be clear what skills they need for that job and kind of what opportunities for progression there are within that job as well. And then also that kind of leads us on to we're working with employers in terms of their own learning and development. So your own professional development within your career then. Um, can kind of use this framework employees are starting to embed that within then so people can see their clear routes of progression within their business they're working in um, and keep developing that as well then and so bringing it back to the classroom then presumably you work quite closely with a lot of schools and thinking about you know how do they embed this within their practice how do they teach the steps how how do they empower learners to learn the kind of different steps in progression so How do you navigate that? What sort of key things do you encourage the teachers and the learners to do with the framework um, to apply it in practice in an education context? Everything centres around that universal framework still. I suppose that's my first point I'd like to be really clear about. We've also then, from working with lots of schools over kind of 10 plus years, have developed other kind of programmes. We run a support programme called the Accelerator Programme. We've got 12 schools already in Wales on that this year. We've got new ones signed up for it next year, really excitingly. 
and um, we also then provide different tools like online tools like uh, tools for assessment for example and that might be teacher using that as formative assessment or maybe it's the individual pupil completing that assessment themselves and then we've got teaching resources as well and again uh, lots hundreds on our kind of online hub that are aimed at uh, teachers making sure that they give time to teach these skills um, but also then some aimed at the individual themselves being able to kind of come and log on and build their own skills and their own time too and that those kind of programs then the way we work with the school is normally based around our six principles um, and they're just the principles of kind of best teaching and learning practice they're nothing new but we talk about people and help them really how do you embed that across your institutions because what we do on that accelerator programs particularly that one that offers support is we help that kind of cultural change happen then to do with these skills um, so we've got lots of schools in the past and we've kind of got lots of these case studies how to do it now but it's been really interesting working with uh, schools in Wales this year talking about their particular reasons as well kind of why they find wh- why they're interested in these skills uh, why they want to implement that across their institution as well be good to get some tangible examples here if you will Beth and I know that you're a, a, a former science teacher yourself so you're a teacher you're planning you know a half term scheme of work in real terms what are you doing with the universal skills framework how are you starting to think about combining it with subject how does it integrate i'm thinking about secondary context here yeah um i suppose it might be useful to think about those principles that i just mentioned that we use on that um support program because i think that really embodies what what we think is important to do with this as well then so our fir- this six and our first one is keep it simple I think I've mentioned a few times already that it's about having that consistent language. Um, So this is about that same language being used consistently across the school then and wider and out into the community as well. And then the next principle is called start early, keep going. So it's really an appreciation that that universal framework I keep mentioning we use with schools right from nursery all the way up to adults in their professional development. So uh, it takes a long time to master these skills. Um, and so we, we want to start early and then make sure that is those opportunities are there, not just in your 10 and 11 before we go on to our next steps, basically. And then the next principle is measure it. So uh, formative assessment is so important. I don't know, I don't need to say that again here, but we want to know in terms of that whole framework then, where are my learners? And make sure we can pitch then our next principle, focus tightly, uh, the kind of correct level for our learners so that they can see where their strengths are and then where their areas for development are and we give some actual dedicated time to teaching these essential skills as well that's probably one of the first biggest steps in a school thinking kind of about like that secondary context lots of schools in Wales this year for example are doing that in say form time they're kind of that what might normally be a kind of a bit of time on well-being or kind of PSHE anyway they're using those little slots in the timetable and some of our resources are really kind of pick up and go that might be like a short 15 minute lesson on that in the morning mm-hmm. and then the next point stage of that then is those opportunities to practice that wider like we just mentioned across the curriculum um, and so that's our principle five then is keep practicing and that is wherever those opportunities are and they're there already is kind of a big point of this um, it's about highlighting them 
So, yeah, it might be problem solving in science is a really big one, for example. Um, or maybe you've got some presentations coming up. I'm doing a debate uh, to do with stem cells in my science lesson. And I really want to make sure that when we're doing this, my students are using their speaking skills really clearly. So maybe part of my starter in plenary is talking about the actual skill of speaking as well. Remember, we've, we've studied this step. We know what this means. I really want you to work on this now and giving them that opportunity to see that they've used that skill during that lesson, they've developed it as well. And rewarding that really importantly. And then the last one is uh, bring it to life. So it's about really linking these skills then to the wider world, helping our young people see how important they are for later life, the next steps as well. Just looking at the universal framework now, I can see, for example, the listening and speaking bit, you know, reminds me a lot of aspects of the literacy um, framework that we've got in Curriculum for Wales. So if we were, you know, if we were to take a school that perished the thought, had never heard of Skills Builder, shockingly, um, and, and were wondering if this was something that would help them, what's in it for them Given that some bits look a bit like Curriculum for Wales, some bits maybe maybe don't quite so much. I mean, is this something to particularly aim at pupils who are looking down a kind of vocational route? Or is it that it can help them put some meat on the bones of some bits of Curriculum for Wales? I mean, what, what's in it for a school, given that they're probably already <laughs> digesting rather a lot of frameworks elsewhere just at the moment? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think that's what's so nice about a lot of this being that it's what you're already doing, not kind of adding something new in. I mean when we start to work with a lot of schools they might have a focus initially certain groups they want to pilot it with um, maybe it's particularly they want to target low aspirations or kind of low resilience um, you know or might be a host of reasons for that but really this is for everyone these skills are important for everyone and whatever you go on to do later on in life. They're so transferable, you're just going to need them in so many different situations. And we've kind of done lots of research on on actually seeing that come to kind of its importance as well. So one of our most recent reports, we ran a, we've called it our essential skills tracker. It was a YouGov poll uh, with people between the ages of 18 and 66. Um, just over 2,200 participants. Um, we found some really interesting, this is kind of, I suppose it was justifying all what we've been doing and kind of, um, yeah, put that into real terms for us again then. And people that moved from the first quartile to the third in terms of them, uh, their competency in these essential skills, they had increased well-being. Their wage premium increased from 3,900 to 5,900 pounds. They were 52% less likely to be neat, so not in education um, or training. And kind of everyone values these. 89% of people said that these skills were really important for work. Um, We see that time and time again. We've done a couple of other reports, like uh, some other YouGov polls with younger people. Um, We've done analysis on the British cohort study. We've seen that kind of overwhelming response that people value these skills, but they don't feel like they're getting always the opportunities to build on them. And they help in kind of a range of things from academic performance. Um, We've shown them to increase literacy and numeracy performance, um, but also kind of those career aspirations, that wider feeling and kind of uh, improvement in life satisfaction. How you can't get more important than that, can you, I feel? Well, they're really impressive stats and um, I congratulate the partnership on that. I think the one that um, really drew me in when I was looking at the framework was staying positive. Now, 
you know, our listeners don't need to hear how important health and well-being are in the workplace. But I know that Tom and I, through our podcast, actually have tried to get under the skin of what we mean by things like resilience that can feel a little bit sort of amorphous, lacking in clarity. So I was quite impressed to see that there were some sort of tangible skills associated with this notion of of being positive and staying positive, more importantly, as as it's described here. And just the subheading here is the ability to use tactics and strategies to overcome setbacks and achieve goals. And I wondered if you could just just tell us a little bit more about that particular um, strand of the framework. But um, maybe might be a nice uh, opportunity to segue into how you might see this framework being applicable to those in initial teacher education or early career teachers out there because it strikes me that this might be quite applicable there and having um, trained to be a teacher yourself as well you've got that insider perspective um, Bethan so staying positive strand what 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 can um, users of the framework expect to find in there yeah definitely I think this too two uh, things that shout out to me here and both for me thinking about my pupils in that sense and then also thinking about yourself for that as well and kind of your own practice and yeah looking after yourself is just as important so that you can look after everyone else isn't it I think for me this is probably one of the biggest things that kind of drew me to skills builder and me really it really resonating with me was uh, I think I got a bit fed up with myself always uh they're just not trying hard enough they're giving up easy saying these things about pupils and wanting to improve that in them I just started to kind of take on a bit more of a pastoral role and was trying to research about well how do I actually talk about that with my pupils what what do we say what can they do to improve in it Um, and I think that is where this framework really comes through and that like you just said it's actually giving some strategy something tangible that we can help them work on to kind of help them improve their well-being overall as well then but also yeah for your own practice it's really really important to think about your own development of these skills and I think especially starting out I think what I would recommend everyone to first do is go and look at that framework as you are a new teacher think about what transferable skills you already have that you've gained from your own experiences your own education maybe if you've worked in other roles before you've come into teaching you will have lots of these transferable skills already from those different experiences but what it's going to do then is help you identify what those strengths are and then kind of what your next steps are to go and build on those as well through some of our tools and some of the advice that's written on there and just like you were trying out kind of any other part of kind of research or evidence in your practice you can have a try at these um, and kind of have a go yeah see if they can help you as well as your pupils as well then. Nice to see that um, with integrated within the framework which is open to access um you know very generously is the notion of um, or, or the act of reflecting as well you've got some reflective questions associated um with the different steps um i'm just in step 13 now for staying positive which is i support others to stay positive by managing my own responses <laughs> which is great but you've got the building blocks but you've also got reflection you've got some knowledge there for people to kind of get an understanding of why this this particular um sort of building block within this part of the framework is important and some sort of further advice and things to do um, in order to build your progression in this area. So it's quite comprehensive. 
yeah there was a lot there to be honest funnily enough just having this discussion in one of our team meetings this morning we find maybe it's a bit overwhelming first of all the amount of kind of resources tools and stuff that's there that's why we keep bringing everyone back to this universal framework this is the beginnings of of it all this is kind of what you need and then those other tools and kind of uh those other teaching resources or whether they be a resource for yourself to develop on that they're in addition to that as well and and this year we've just got that framework all translated into welsh as well which oh, i want to get in damn <laughs> yes I'm interested, you, you've mentioned about working with um, industry, with em- future employers, and I, I guess I'm I'm interested to know what that could mean for, for the future of the workforce, but I'm also interested to know, if, if you do know off the top of your head, you know, which of those skills, I could probably guess, but I'm, I'd be keen to know in the current climate, which do the potential employers, organisations really value um, that maybe have been a bit of a blind spot or less easy to teach in a school context in previous years um i suppose you could argue that we're maybe more familiar with certain skills and we already kind of mentioned some of them for example uh, tom you mentioned earlier we've already kind of got that literacy frameworks so we kind of think about maybe kind of some of those listening speaking aspects more maybe we talk about teamwork a little bit more already in school i think there is definitely a big focus on those kind of ideas of well-being and like resilience like we've mentioned and even more so after the past few years mm. I think that's really important that we've now got maybe something more tangible to be able to talk about that um, but honestly I think my real answer would be that they're all important that we you kind of need to be able to appreciate the balance of them as well and I think once you start to really kind of dive into that framework a bit more and you, and you look through those steps you will see those links between those skills as well and just really importantly see how transferable they are between all these different situations all these different parts of your life I mean you can see how useful a lot of these skills are not only for work and careers but kind of other parts of your life as you grow older and you start to have to manage more parts you know if you say for example um, became a homeowner you've got to sort of those tricky parts that come with that as well um, and they're just useful skills for all those different elements of your life as well. So let's bring it back uh, to Wales now. Um, And Tom mentioned that we've got the existing frameworks, but of course we've got a much broader curriculum for Wales model. And I know that you're currently already in the process of working with schools in Wales on on how they can build um, the universal framework into their practice. So what other aspects of curriculum for Wales does it speak to? Does it work with? How do you sort of bring it together with what already exists? Yes, we've got a few members of the team now actually um, from Wales and I've all been really excited to start having these discussions in the past few years around, well, how does it really link? How's it going to work best for, for schools in Wales as well? It's a big part of kind of having these strategic programmes like the Accelerator programme is that we can kind of tailor some of that support as well then. I think there's been a, lots of discussions. I mean, the ones that stand out and kind of having with maybe more of the schools right now is around the four purposes and those integral skills. There's also been discussion from teachers this year around uh, this idea of pupils coming back into the classroom after a lot of time out over the past few years and then kind of missing out on building these skills, so wanting to make sure they're including them. Um, we work with an infant school and them saying that they actually talk about these skills a lot already with their pupils, but this is giving them consistency now because that's the way the foundation phase kind of works. Also, 
mentioning in terms of careers and that's actually how we've worked with a lot of schools in the past and interestingly the the framework has been referenced um, recommended rather in the new uh, careers wheels uh, careers and work great experiences toolbox so that's really interesting as well it's kind of got a number of different spins to it but definitely I think I think it stands out to me and what I'm starting to do with a lot of schools I work with this year in Wales is if we're talking about those core purposes and the integral skills well what does that actually look like day to day in the classroom and how does that look consistent across my school as well I think there has been uh, some discussion as well around well how do I really talk about these four purposes with my learners especially my younger learners it's not there in a kind of friendly language for them at the moment is it we need to kind of turn that into something they can see visualize a bit more as well is really important um, and I know there are, uh, you know, a number of primaries in Wales that are coming up with kind of characters for each of the four purposes this year. And that's some discussions have started to have uh, really nicely as well. We don't even think only think about linking the skills to those four purposes, but also the explicit s- uh, stages and steps so that it's at the appropriate progression level as well for all those learners. That's really key too. But yeah, I suppose my question would be to kind of anyone listening as well is... In terms of you developing those core purposes and how they're going to look across your school and those integral skills as well, how they come across your curriculum, have you thought about how everyone's going to do that across the different departments, across the different ALEs? Are we going to kind of do that consistently? What have we got in terms of helping us measure that in terms of progression and then therefore be able to teach that really clearly as well and explicitly? And and like we've mentioned around that part about staying positive, really something that's tangible for the pupils to use and some kind of clear visual cues so that they can see that I've come into school this morning, I've done something in my form time around these skills and then I used it in maths and then I used it in history and then there was some teamwork in PE as well and then my after school club had it and we're starting to work with more organisations in Wales now as well like um, children's university so it might be an outside school club that they've had and they appreciate that they were building their leadership skills in that outside club speakers for schools also working with and kind of uh, embedding the skills throughout there so maybe they've had that touch point with an employer as well and they can see that these skills are important for after school as well and it really just becoming a whole school approach it's really embedded throughout then as well it's really interesting going back to a point the sort of throwaway point i suppose that emma made at the beginning is we do hear an awful lot of people shouting very loudly about going back to a sort of knowledge thing, you know, subject knowledge. Knowledge is the key. And actually, I think it was just this morning or yesterday, I was reading some, you know, really obnoxiously expressed opinion from somebody on Edgy Twitter about, you know, the pointlessness of getting pupils off doing pupil-led stuff. And, oh, even the pupils don't like in all this. I mean, this stuff must be absolute anathema to some people out there in the education debate do you have a position on you know where where schools put this stuff in relation to you know knowledge and curriculum coherence and stuff or or do you do you float heroically above the fray and leave that to the to the experts in schools um I suppose it's that idea that it's there already. You've got a, a lesson that's planned and it's jam-packed with all the knowledge that you, you need to use within that lesson. But through your kind of, well, your pedagogy, um, what you've designed as part of that lesson, they are also going to be building on those skills. Um, and the first step definitely is just highlighting that for those pupils with that language so that they can see that I have learnt this today whilst I built this skill as well. Mm. 
So do you think the mighty Tom's and Ravenscroft, not of DJ fame, is looking to kind of slightly rebalance what happens into schools or in schools or or like you say is it happening already and it just needs acknowledging yeah I think it's there I think it's definitely there it's happening I mean look at look at us in Wales now going ahead with this kind of more skills-based curriculum it's this idea these knowledge these skills are experienced they're there together and this whole joined up approach of them all is what's really going to create the best future possible for our pupils mm. and yeah it's but how are you going to do that uh, consistently with kind of good measurement and, and yeah do that rigorously I suppose as well. I suppose it's the knowing how isn't it you know you, you've been given a task which involves using the knowledge but how to do that is maybe where the skills come in I was just looking at your uh, creativity strand here and something that we're dogged with in, in drama a lot is um, you know pupils being creative in group work independently that you know involves a hell of a lot of skills in order to use that knowledge and apply that knowledge so it's the knowing how that I think comes through quite nicely in the framework okay thank you very much Bethan for that deep dive into uh, the universal skills framework and the skills builder partnership more broadly we've got some homework tasks for you we hope that you've had time to think about these and we're not springing these on you unknowingly. We would like to know if you've got something interesting to share with our li- listeners, something that you've been consuming of late that they might be interested in too. Yeah, so when I had a little think about this, first thing that sprung to mind was uh, last week we had our Skills Builder Partnership Day. It's really nice to do something in person. Um, we all went up to up to London for the day and we had almost 200 of our different partner organizations there in schools organizations businesses um and one of our uh, speakers there on our panel discussion was uh, joe owen um who was kind of one of the first people uh, helping build up teach first and he told some really interesting stories there's a lot of discussion about well, why these skills why are they so important and for the future as well but he kind of brought it back to he's done a lot of research in non-formal education settings um, and he talked about visiting a number of tribes right across the globe um, kind of all different continents um, really interesting he said from all of those different discussions with all these different tribes where it's the, the tribe themselves that deciding what is important what are we going to teach our young people um, it was these essential skills and different conversations around that saying and that really kind of brought it home about this is how important these skills are so that was my little nugget of interesting and that really caught everyone's attention in the room definitely (laughs) it was fun have you got something that our listeners can try yeah so i would say everyone needs to go and log on to skillsbuilder.org forward slash benchmark so this is our self-assessment tool um like i mentioned earlier um if you're an initial teacher you've been teaching for many years it's just brilliant to go on and assess yourselves in each of these skills and see where are your strengths already. Uh, maybe surprise yourself in some areas. Step zero of listening is not interrupting people. <laughs> Can we avoid that sometimes? Uh, yeah, but go on and have a look. You might surprise yourself in some aspects and, and kind of see where your own strengths are and where your areas for development are too. Beth Ann Jeffers, thank you very much for your time. Um, some interesting things to, to follow up on now, hopefully for our listeners. We wish you all the very best in your future of work with the organisation and uh, stay safe and well. We'll be back with you in two weeks' time.
You've been listening to Emma and Tom Talk Teaching, a podcast about all things education presented by Emma Thayer and Tom Breeze. The special guest this episode was Beth and Jeffers from the Skills Builder Partnership, and you can find them at skillsbuilder.org. Podcast artwork is by Beth Blandford and the music is by Cameron Stewart. You can find us on Twitter at TalkTeachingPod if you want to come and say hello. We'll be back in a fortnight with something else interesting. Until then, take care and enjoy teaching.